Matt Clapham is a product security person, as a developer, security engineer, advisor, and manager. He began his career as a software tester, which led him down the path of figuring out how to break things. Matt lives in the medical software world and visited the Healthcare Information and Management System Society, HIMSS, conference. Matt shares his perspectives on application cybersecurity through the eyes of the healthcare industry. There is much for us to understand by viewing how other segments approach security and privacy. Matt believes in stepping outside the echo chamber and experiencing how other industries see security. And he achieved that by visiting this non-security conference and sharing his experiences with us. And remember, if he visits your booth at an event, you better know how your companies make a secure product or solution. I want to take a moment to introduce you to Security Journey. At Security Journey, we believe security is every developer's job. We work with our customers to help them build long-term, sustainable security culture amongst all their developers. Our approach is to provide security education that is conversational, quick, hands-on, and fun. We don't do lectures. Instead, we let the experts talk about what's important. The modules are quick, 10 to 20 minutes in length. We believe in hands-on experiments, builder and breaker style, that allow developers to put what they learned into action. And lastly, fun. Training doesn't have to be boring. We make it engaging and fun for the developers. Visit www.securityjourney.com to sign up for a free trial of the Security Dojo. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Application Security Podcast. This is Chris Romeo, CEO of Security Journey and one of the co-hosts here on the podcast. And I'm also joined by Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, Chris. Yeah, this is Robert Hurlbut, uh, threat modeling architect, software security architect, and very enthusiastic about application security. So we're joined today by a guest who has been on the podcast two times before. So this is his third visit, and that is Matt Clapham. And we were just talking about where we had actually done these podcast interviews before. And so Matt and I had done our last interview at Converge Conference in Detroit, Michigan, which is actually coming up here in a couple of months. And so if you're anywhere near the Detroit metro area in Michigan, uh, or anywhere in the state of Michigan, you should definitely come down and, and be a part of this event. It's very cool. Lots of good stuff happening. Um, Matt, great to have you back on the show again. Thank you for being willing to share your expertise with the industry. Hey, happy to be here. So we thought we would uh, refresh your origin story. seems like it's been about time, right? We have to refresh these things now and again. And so especially because your origin story, Matt's going to impact the rest of the things that we talk about here. What, uh, what's kind of your origin story, or how did you get involved with security? Yeah, sure. I, I started out as a software tester, and I, I'd been interested in software. And I, you know, I went to college to learn about technology and, and uh, computer science. And uh, as, I, as I left college, I started as a tester, and I, I found that I really enjoyed breaking things, right? 
And then as I, I got better and better at finding the flaws and whatnot, I said, well, uh, hey, why do we why do we not look at, at things like uh, preemptive risk management? Like, you know, a question why everybody's running as an admin on Windows all the time, right? And so that that actually made me a better software tester because I could start to, to, uh, to break things in new and interesting ways. And so I uh, experimented more with that. And I also learned more from uh, talking to coworkers and, and reading uh, distribution lists and whatnot and kind of expanded my, my knowledge and became kind of a uh, self-made in my, my security expertise there. And then uh, finally, after a number of years as a software tester, uh, I moved into being in a security position where I was like the, the security advisor, the security person at uh, change management for an operational uh, enterprise IT security hosting solution. And uh, that got me deeper and deeper. And I learned more and more about, you know, the operational side of security. And then I looked at, at policy and, and the impact that, you know, policy has on it. And finally, I took all those different skills and I put them all together as a security advisor for uh, software development teams. And I've done that now a couple times uh, but for both uh, the entertainment group at, at a company I worked at doing uh, games and such, and now also for um, medical software and that type of thing. And, uh, and as I've, I've worked in that area and built it out more, I've, I've uh, you know, sort of helped to uh, define and, and refine the product security leadership discipline. And kind of define uh, almost like I think what they're calling today a blue teaming kind of a thing for within our, our company and really um, uh, make that a more holistic thing for how we develop product and software. And then uh, recently I moved into being a manager there. So I kind of took that knowledge of of, be, build, of working and building and operating those into being uh, you know responsible for directing the team and taking a, a small team of, of advisors and making them more uh, efficient and, and uh, better suited to what it is that we're doing there to, to help the teams. You've crossed over into a whole other realm of, uh, of the universe there, right? And, and uh, you know, are you still getting a chance to put your hands on technology or are you kind of focused in on directing other folks and, and managing and getting people, you know, getting everybody going in the right direction? Uh, a little bit of both. I still manage to get my hands dirty in the tech sometimes, but uh, yeah, management certainly has its challenges of, of uh, if I get too deep in the tech, then it might mean one of my, uh, my employees doesn't. So there, there's a whole, <laughs> there's probably a whole podcast right there just on application security advisorship management. Maybe yeah. we could do that some other time. Well, definitely. I'm adding that to my list of things to do in the future. Yeah. Application definitely security. a good thing to cover. Yeah, yeah, having worked on both sides of that, there's a there's a great idea because there's all sorts of lessons learned about how to what to do, what not to do. But um, anyway, uh, one thing I do want to clarify while we're uh, we're talking here, um, this is Matt Clapham, the independent person who has 20 years of software experience uh, in a variety of different industries, kind of operating independently. And not that of my employer at all. I just want to make sure that's clear. This is just some old crotchety software guy who's saying, hey, here's what I, I noticed. The genesis of this conversation was Matt was telling us about an experience he'd had going to a particular conference that was focused on an industry. And what we realized coming out of that is there's some, there's some interesting things for us to consider as security people and as developers when we start to think about this particular space. So, Matt, the conference you went to is what it was called? It's HIMSS? HIMSS, H-I-M-S-S. It stands for Health Information and Management Systems Society. I went to their 2019 conference. It was in Orlando, Florida. And it was uh, in, I think, early to mid-February. I don't remember exactly. It was a few, a few weeks ago, about a month or so ago. Okay. And, and so when you say health info, information and management systems, so this isn't health devices or anything like that. This is the systems that people are using to protect 
health data when it's at a doctor's office or when it's at a provider or insurance company or something like that, right? Is that that's what we're talking about? Uh, even broader than that, think of the uh, the electronic medical records systems or the um, the imaging archive systems, the the, uh, the IT, the operational IT that makes a healthcare delivery organization or a hospital more efficient in providing care. When we think about the way that healthcare organizations work now, I mean, they're, they're using technology everywhere they can. They're digitizing anything that they can. They're really growing, to, you know, we, this greatly overused term in the world of, is digital transformation. But when I look at, at healthcare companies and what they're doing now, it truly feels like they're going through a digital transformation because they had stuff that they were doing by hand and on paper that, that it's, they're trying to move everything into technology-based system. Absolutely. The, the digitization is getting uh, deeper and broader, and they're looking at even how it might integrate with some of the devices. While it wasn't the focus of the conference, there was something I saw there in that they had example devices that could link to the EMR and take some of that data and automatically send it out to be gathered and collected for later uh, analysis and whatnot. So you had some thoughts about how this space of health information and management systems fits in in kind of a general context with the world of IT. Is health information and management systems, are they cutting edge? Are they up to speed with where the rest of the industry is from a security perspective, or where do they fall? I think you see parallels to general IT tech um, across the board there. There are some, some of the newer companies that are you know all brand new, modern stuff, uh, and then there's uh, plenty of companies that have been there that have been iterating on their product for decades and uh, have some of the uh, the past problems and and, and future challenges uh, there. So I, I really think you see that that entire spread. I mean, in general, are they behind the times from where where we would think that these companies are going to be, or does it depend on whether they're newer or have been more established for years? It's difficult to say uh, for certain, but what I did see is that there is a lot of stuff that's that's been there for a long time, and uh, maybe it was a uh, you know something that's been incrementally iterated on and and was originally an enterprise tech, and now they're trying to uh, expand that and use it across a broader set of solutions. So I see a lot of parallels, or I hear, I'm hearing a lot of parallels between when you think about the world of, of Internet of Things, IoT tech, at least when IoT first came out a few years ago, or more than a few years ago now, but 10 years ago, there was a lot of companies that were taking some traditional product that they used to make that never was intended to be attached to the internet, and they were adding a IP network stack to it that they bought from somebody else that they had no idea where it came from, and they were putting that device out on the public internet with no security, no ability to be updated, none of the other things that you actually need. So it almost sounds like there's there's some parallels between where health information and management systems are now and where IoT has been and where it continues to be. Um, I would say those are well-founded. Uh, like all software, it's going through its own cycle, and Compared to what we see in the enterprise where it's gotten um, more efficient and whatnot, uh, I would say in general the health information isn't, uh, systems aren't quite there yet. They're, I would a couple years behind at least. So from a kind of a cloud perspective, is that, is, are these folks all looking to move stuff to the, to the cloud? Is that, is that a trend that you're seeing in the world of health information and management systems? Um, absolutely. There was a lot of, uh, of cloud push, uh, software as a service startups and whatnot. Um, in fact, the, your typical big three cloud vendors were there. So um, uh, if I may name a couple of names that I saw there in the uh, vendor section, 
uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and Google all had booths. And their booths were really um, not even focused on them per se. They certainly mentioned, you know, why their their cloud was the best cloud to run some sort of health information system. But they were really also pushing uh, the success of some of the startups and some of their partners who do all these sorts of neat health information management stuff on top of their clouds. So it's from a kind of from a shared responsibility then perspective of these partners are providing their services through these other cloud platforms. And so and th- so, they're, so they're likely relying on a lot of the underlying security technology and architecture that these cloud providers provide to, to act as a foundation then, right? Uh, definitely. Um, specifically, the, the Google um, booth had a uh, an entire wedge, an entire section just about their cybersecurity stuff and trying to say how from what they build up into where they hand off into their partner, uh, they do their darndest, and I'm sure all the other cloud providers do this as well, uh, to make a nice, secure solution. And then they make it easy for additional vendors and partners to build on top of that. And then that leaves them you know, with uh, as, as tight of a and as secure of a solution as they can get to up into where they hand off to the actual healthcare delivery organization. And at that point, right, you get into your traditional uh, HIPAA type stuff, right, where there's a certain amount of expectations that are just expected to be on healthcare uh, delivery org, the hospital, if you will, and they need to then make sure that their vendors provide all that. But they really wanted to make sure it was clear that they were already doing their due diligence ahead of the curve to provide that entire full stack from, you know, running silicon in the data center all the way up into uh, the edge of the software as a service solution there. Uh, their partner put on top. And so when I think about this as, and I'm thinking about our, a lot of our audience members are application security focused people, or they are developers that are, that are learning more about application security. I just want to stop for a second and kind of, kind of summarize for them what I'm thinking of and, and why this conversation is so important. What this is telling us is when we look at a particular part of the industry, so a particular kind of area of the world of technology, there are different levels of knowledge and different levels of experience and different approaches that are being done. You may, you may, I don't want people to just assume that, hey, because it's healthcare, there's this HIPAA thing that I have to sign every time I go to the doctor's office. And that, so, so everything's okay. Just like any other industry, health has challenges. It has companies that are operating at different levels. And so it's important to understand the industry as an AppSec person when you're thinking about how am I going to help make solutions better you know, within a given given company. That's a good way to think of it, yeah. And the security stuff that we've learned in, in any AppSec scenario absolutely would apply uh, even in the health information space, right? I mean, because you're talking about really sensitive detail, stuff that's probably similar to like managing uh, and storing credentials kind of thing, because you're talking about people's personal health information. That's very uh, specific to the, the individual and, and often uh, is something that they want to keep very private. And it's, it's up to uh, that entire stack and that entire ecosystem to do their darndest to make sure that that health information doesn't leak. And when I think about the, the term uh, PHI, personal health information is thrown around. We haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't used it yet, but I managed to work it in here. <laughs> um, quickly. But when I think about it, the, the thing that always strikes me about PHI and why these conversations we're having right now are so important is I can get a new credit card. I can't get new medical records, right? That's a historical thing that 
it, you can't just disable my old medical records. And, and once that information's out there, it's out there. It's, there's no way to bring it back in. A credit card, I can just have the credit card number canceled and I can get a new card. And then, sure, it might have caused me a challenge for a little bit of time. But health information is such a different level that we need to uh, secure because you can't get it back. Absolutely. It's it's so personal that that people expect and as well they should and me having you know personal health information myself i expect it as well uh that we've got to keep that protected across the board you know if you think of a part of a, an appsec design perspective it's really about saying all those really cool things that, that we need to do yeah that so kind of coming back to your experiences at this particular event at the hymns event uh you said you saw that some kind of mom and pop style smaller companies there was a section focused on them and their approaches to cybersecurity. Well, what did you see kind of from that perspective with the smaller companies? Uh, there was a whole section on cybersecurity. And what they had were um, – uh, there were some other that were – others that were sprinkled throughout the uh, vendor hall. But they had a whole corner section about cybersecurity. And it was focused on uh, – largely on, on uh, what I might call itch scratching. Right? There was a lot of companies there, um, some of which you might be familiar with from the antivirus space. And they were all there uh, trying to to solve some niche problem. So, for example, maybe they were trying to figure out a way to provide uh, additional security layers on top of existing email systems so that the email system that they had could be certified or uh, protected for transmitting uh, that PHI that we were talking about. Yeah, and you said you had a particular example of one uh, in the email space that we're going to be very careful. We're not here to shame anybody. We're not here to point fingers at anybody, but there was something in kind of the secure email space where you asked them an interesting question. Anytime I have a chance to chat up a security vendor, I, uh, I love asking them how they themselves make a secure product or solution. And so I did that with uh, one of the vendors I, I talked to, and I got a uh, not a totally scary response, but just a, a one that, that kind of actually would be a, a, a good discussion, a further discussion point, in that the developer, he couldn't tell me. He was, he was a developer at the company. They were a smaller company uh, providing these additional services, and, and they had some software components that they had to plug in. But he couldn't tell me how they engineered and, and developed a secure solution for their customers. So here it is a security tech that can't tell you how they security. Yeah, and, and that, that story is not just limited to small companies, too. I mean, security companies in general, and, and I used to work for a really big company that had lots of products, and the security products were some of the most difficult in the early days because people would say, oh, no, we, we have, we're, we're a security product. Don't you know that? They'd be talking to me. I'd be like, so that means you're doing all the things, all the correct things from a secure development lifecycle perspective? crickets, right? No, no answer because they didn't even know, but they said, Oh, we're a security product. Well, that's not an answer. Like we're a security product. It's not an answer to how you do product security correctly. So yeah, it's, it's not a default. <laughs> yeah. No. Flip, flip the switch and say, now it's secure because it is a security product. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> it almost seems like there's a t-shirt in there somewhere. Fun, fun little bit of Matt's story time there years ago, um, where, uh, there was a, uh, this antivirus client, that I noticed uh, used, I think it was FTP, to download the latest signatures. And me, you know, being a budding security guy, I was like, hey, wait, uh, FTP? 
maybe there's something in the file that defines the signature that you know means that yeah go ahead to download it via ftp it doesn't matter because there's a signature no it was just a text file with the signature details no hash no signed values none of that so basically it was an un- unencrypted data file going over an unencrypted channel uh, and so i'm thinking oh my gosh this is a this is a security tech this is an antivirus client so I actually went to the effort of hunting down somebody who was the representative of that company. And I said, don't you think this is a problem? And I got exactly the kind of response that Robert talked about. Well, but it's a security technology. I'm like, you just you just don't get it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could say that that problem was solved and we never going to we never we don't hear that anymore and we're never going to hear it again, but unfortunately, I don't think I can say that in good faith. Because I don't really think it's true. I think there's still people that have that that kind of thought process going through their brain. That that um, yeah, this is this is the challenge. And you know, I mean, one of the things that I'm really passionate about that the, our audience knows is about educating people. And part of that is educating across the board. And that's one of the advantages of of taking an approach where you say, hey, we're going to educate our entire company across the board, from people that work the booth from a sales perspective all the way to our most experienced engineers, everybody has to have that basic understanding of security. And when they do, somebody at that booth, like if that, if the person at the booth had said, you know, um, we take security, product security seriously, we have a secure development lifecycle, which is, has some steps about how you could, how, what were the things we do to secure our product, and we're using static analysis, it's new for us, but we're using it, we're doing stuff with it. Like, I feel like that would have caused you to walk away going, hmm. At least they're thinking about it. Like you would. Like, how do you think you would have responded to to, to an ex- explanation like that, Matt? I would have thanked him and been thoroughly impressed because uh, uh, the my experience is more of the, the what I saw, which is the folks who are there, even if they're in development, they just they they don't have the talking points, they don't have the experience, uh, they they might not even know what the options or what the answer there is. Yeah. So we got more, we got work to do as an industry, definitely. Yeah, as always. So you also mentioned something about uh, third-party technologies kind of defending themselves. What were you thinking about there? In that cybersecurity section, there was a lot of uh, defensive tech. And some of it was like that email example, right, where it's, it's, it's adding uh, – it's trying to take an enterprise tech, which the, the hospital might already have, and apply some sort of additional layers of protection to make it into something that's internet-ready. Right to convert it from one deployment and use scenario into another, or to provide uh, one set of use constraints, which was you know originally some thick client thing that was only on the in- hospital internal network, and make it available in some sort of shape or fashion for um, medical clinicians with their personal mobile device being able to somehow access the information and make use of it. And, and you know that provides better outcomes, but they're they're trying to convert. Uh, existing enterprise into internet or existing enterprise into some sort of cloud scenario. So they're and and they're dealing with the challenges of trying to do that and maintain security as well. Uh, they're trying to add security on top where one uh, something didn't exist before, right? They're, if anything, they're they're kind of contributing to that tech debt problem that, I, that, that we talked to uh, talked to about uh, at one of our previous podcasts, right? Where I, I was just railing against tech debt because it's it's something I'm really passionate about, and, and that's perpetuating the problem in some respects. Because if if all these other these other solutions had newer versions that include all of that stuff, which uh, to their credit sometimes they do, but if we didn't have to try to to add stuff on top of the old and 
focused on just building the new with all this extra stuff, we wouldn't need all these different integrators. We wouldn't need as many of the additional layers of tech on top. Yeah. We could actually have something that was natively capable of being run uh, and connected to the internet and provide everything that it needs with respect to two-factor authorization for patient records access or something like that. Built-in versus bolt-on, right, is our age-old debate of <laughs> security. And nobody uses that term. Everybody everybody uses that it's gotten this new fancy shift-left kind of idea. And um, I think I've mentioned this before. I heard a, a great quote from somebody that I've been I've borrowed and started using myself. And that's don't shift left, start left. So it's going on a T-shirt somewhere. <laughs> I just I didn't say I, I love it. it. I'll buy one when you have it. Start them. left. Yes. I'm not the originator. <laughs> I'm not the one. But I've used it enough times now that I can pretend it was me. But there's somebody else that uh, that I borrowed it from, and and he gave permission for me to continue using it. So um, I'm going to come back around here and kind of summarize and do some conclusions. I'm going to let I'm Matt. I'm going to have I'm going to come to you last for this, Robert. I'm curious to, as to kind of what what are some of the conclusions that you're drawn, kind of listening to Matt talk about this uh, health information and management system society and all the different things that he experienced in interacting with these companies and providers? Well, you know, it sounds interesting because I have some experience with it directly myself. I've done a lot of work in the healthcare industry. I've been a consultant for a number of years uh, previously where I was helping uh, different healthcare companies and and try to manage this, try to figure out uh, some good solutions. And, you know, I a lot of times it just came down to some of the things we're talking about, uh, just applying some good security principles to these problems, try to figure out how to manage the data properly, uh, obviously concerns about HIPAA and so forth. Um, but, you know, I think we're on a good track. I think at least we understand some of the problems here, but uh, we have ways to go, uh, as we talked about. And, and it's good to see that uh, we're, we are talking about it. Some people are talking about it, but I, I like to see more. And I guess, Matt, before I let you kind of have the final word here, the, one of the big takeaways I took from this is we need to step outside the echo chamber. We spend as and when I'm and, and when I say we say we, I'm referring to all of us as security professionals who spend all of our time at security conferences talking to security people, where we're all talking about the same problems and and we're commiserating perhaps, but we're not really impacting a lot of change because we're talking to the same people that we've always talked about for these problems. And so that's the the thing that I've that I've taken away from Matt from your experience here is that by stepping outside the echo chamber and going to a conference that was not security focused even though it had security companies that were do, providing solutions there that wasn't the primary focus of it that I think that's really uh, really a powerful thing and and you got to interact with a whole other group of people who aren't going to come to Defcon, Black Hat, AppSec USA, all those type of things. So that's my takeaway. Matt, what you what, what do you want to leave our listeners with as far as a summary and conclusions? I love your echo chamber concept because yeah, getting out of your comfort zone and seeing how a different industry experiences the exact same problems that you might be experiencing in the enterprise space or any other software world is was eye-opening for me. Not that I hadn't seen that stuff before, but it's like, you know, to have that comparison there. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm big on tech debt. So I think we need to, to make tech debt removal and, and renewal um, an even more common thing. And, and we're getting all of these these foundational pieces that should make that a, a non-issue, um, but we still find ourselves as a technology industry uh, just kind of letting us coast by with the same stuff for a long period of time. 
that that has to end. We have to get into the new world where we can uh, more iteratively uh, keep going through those those uh, uh, those pieces of software that we built to keep them fresh, to keep the vulnerabilities down, to improve and enhance uh, whatever we need to do. We can't just uh, take something, uh, toss it over the wall, and drop it on somebody else's machine and leave it there for twenty years. It just it doesn't work in the modern world. All right, Matt, thank you for being here for a third visit on the Application Security Podcast, and we look forward to your fourth visit. I don't think we're probably going to talk about becoming a manager in the world of AppSec is the working title I'm going from, but thanks for being here today and look forward to that next conversation as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Born and TJ, and our outro music is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You'll find the show on Twitter at AppSec Podcast or on the web at www.securityjourney.com slash application dash security dash podcast. You can also find Chris on Twitter at EdgeRoute and Robert at Robert Hurlbutt. Remember, security is a journey, not a destination. <laughs>